everyone, and welcome to the Zelda cast here on ZeldaDungeon.net. My name is Andy Spateri, joined by Alice and Aletha. Al, how you doing? I heard it snowed down there. No, it didn't snow. It rained. I thought you were talking about rain earlier. Oh, no, I was talking about snow. It, like, it oh, snowed. Snowed, oh, snowed. I, I guess that makes I sense, thought... actually, because we were talking. I, I did see the forecast in Seattle, and it was pretty rainy. Yeah, so uh, we got some of that rain that Seattle got. We're like on the opposite corner of the state, right? Right. But um, usually we don't get a lot of the rain because it, it goes over the mountains and then disappears. But we got a lot of that rain too, and it's actually really good for us to get rain right now. So I was really excited. It's nice and sunny today though, so that's fine. But I loved it. I, I love getting rain, so. Yeah. Well, hey, that's good. I, I can't say I'm, like, too upset about the snow because it's that, like, sticky snow that's going to melt in a couple days, you know? Yeah. Um, and Link like really that. loves it. He he was going nuts outside in the snow and peeing everywhere and whatever. <laughs> uh, so, you know, it was good. It was good for my life. lawn in the backyard as well, mm-hmm. which my dog has destroyed. But now my grass kind of looks lush and green or whatever. Um, but, yeah, so... Uh, so we got a lot of things going on today, uh, and we're going to talk about... Actually, we're going to grade. We haven't graded anything in a long time, I feel like. But we're going to mm-hmm. grade every collectible or collectathon in the Zelda series. We're going to talk about why some of them are awesome, why some of them aren't. But we have a few things to get to before we get there. And I think that we should start off with this thing that you young people call TikTok. <laughs> Young people. What is this talk tick, Al? What is it? <laughs> you're so funny because you, you're just like, and it's funny that some people are like this, especially with our age, the millennials and stuff, because it's the millennial <laughs> and Gen Z app. So I don't understand why some people are like, I'm so old with this. But it's an app that has really evolved over the years. I feel you used to watch dancing videos, but now you get like podcast clips, you get really cool life hacks, really cool recipes. That's what I use it for. But I, I've been seeing all these podcast clips and I was like, hey, you know, with uh, Tears of the Kingdom coming out in the next six months, I think it would be a really good idea to start uploading our clips on TikTok. So that's right. Right now we have a TikTok, the Zelda cast on TikTok, and we have one clip at the moment, but we'll be slowly uploading like our backlog of clips and doing a new clip every week, hopefully. So I'm really excited about it. Yeah, I, uh, you know, TikTok is kind of like, I feel like the spiritual successor to Vine. I feel like something was missing after Vine left. And and Reels, I I don't know if Instagram tried Reels first or not. But anyways, the TikTok uh, that that Alice created is awesome. It's, uh, it's, even I can use it. So uh, go and head (laughs) over. And and actually, uh, Zelda Dungeon proper has a TikTok as well. So you can get two TikToks uh, for the price of one, which I think is free because you don't have to pay for tiktok right so uh (laughs) yeah there you go check us out over on tiktok um al is gonna be doing her thing over there and and doing it great i'm sure um so yeah check us out well what is that link at the zelda cast tiktok.com forward slash at the zelda cast i think yes Yeah. yeah okay yeah check us out subscribe and uh you know share if you know a bunch of people that uh, that use tiktok then uh you know tell them where they can get their fix and and you know what we uh we haven't plugged this in a while too but we do have uh clips over on the zelda dungeon youtube channel as well so if you don't have time to watch the full episode or listen to the full episode um, or you just want to see our smiling faces uh you can head over to youtube and get a little snippet of of the show so uh, yeah check that out um so i want i we were talking before and I kind of wanted to tell you about this game I was playing, but I wanted to hold off until the actual show because I think that maybe some Zelda fans might be into this game I was playing as well. So last night, 
um, on the ZeldaCast Twitch, I was streaming a game called Islets. Islets? I-S-L-E-T, right? Islets, right? That's right. Yeah, okay. I keep on wanting to say Islets, but that's... That's that's not proper English. <laughs> so I'm playing Islets, and it's a Metroidvania, but it, like, very, very, very much gave me, like, Tunic vibes, like, a lot. Like, in terms oh, of, nice. like, the music, the art style, the combat mechanics. Um, so, like, it was a very cool game, and I'm going to be talking about it pretty soon on the Omega Metroid podcast, but I did want to throw it out to you and to, to anyone else that loves uh, Tunic, as well as you should. If you're looking for, like... So I like Tunic was kind of like like a perfect love letter to Zelda, um, where I feel like this Islets game is like a, a love letter to Metroidvanias, but like in the Tunic style. So it was almost like it was almost like Tunic, but reimagined for a different genre. It's very very cool, very charming. I'm playing it right now and having like a lot of fun with it actually. So uh, I'm gonna be talking about it soon, but I you know I think you should check it out. It's on the Switch. It was like twenty bucks. It's uh it's it's a good time and it, like it's it's a it's a similar game too because it was made by by two guys and I think they're brothers. Um, oh, so okay. like a very small team behind it. But uh, yeah, it, it really gave me a lot of both tunic vibes and like Ori in the blind forest, which is one of my favorite games of all time. So check it out. Very cool. Yeah. yeah that's exciting. All right. Uh, what else? What other piece of business do we have here? Uh, we do want to mention, we'll talk about it next week. We'll actually probably play some music from it next week, but we got uh, Zelda and chill three. Yes. dropping in the next uh, couple days here. Uh, I want to say it's like five days from now. Yeah, the 28th, right? Yeah. Um, so that's going to be like very, very exciting. And um, if you can stall for me for a second here, I'll, I will try and find the track list, which just uh, uploaded Ooh. on uh, uh, or was re- revealed by Mikkel the other day. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna give the track list, I might cover my ears because I kind of want to be I kind of want to be surprised as I'm listening to it. Do you? Okay, you want to be surprised? Okay. Yeah. Um, have you seen the artwork for Zelda and Chill Three? Um, I think I've seen the cover that okay, he revealed yeah, that's, like yeah, a month that's ago. What I'm talking about, yeah. yeah, very cool. Tears of the Kingdom inspired, so it looks like it's gonna be a lot of fun. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, you know what? I, I will. Uh, I'll leave that. Uh, I'll leave that track listing a mystery for now but uh, it, it's yeah. out there if you want to find it and uh, go check it out um all right let's you know we talked last week and i don't know if this is pressing for any zelda fans or or whatever but we did talk about it last week and i want to uh continue or just kind of put a bow on it so there's a big controversy surrounding bayonetta 3 and the voice actress for that game or former voice actress for that game um helena taylor and, uh, you know, she took to social media and had mentioned that she was offered a extreme, like an insulting amount of money to do this game. And, uh, you know, it, it's kind of come over to light over the last week. New details have been revealed that she may not have entirely been factual or telling the entire story. I think lying by omission is perhaps yeah. the best way to put it. Um, so, allegedly, and this is, this report has been corroborated by some, like, pretty reputable video game journalist but um allegedly she was offered uh anywhere between you know she was i don't know three to four thousand dollars per session and with a minimum of four sessions to come back um so the the essential offer is she was offered at least fifteen thousand maybe twenty thousand to to voice bayonetta three i'm no expert on um the appropriate amount of uh salary to be given to voice actresses and voice actors and, and that's not as insulting as four grand. Um, mm-hmm. 
So, I mean, you can take that for what you will, but uh, it does seem that um, Bayonetta 3, the Platinum Games, who makes Bayonetta 3, they may have offered her after she turned down that offer, and, and she allegedly had asked for like a six-figure salary. Um, so after she turned that down, I guess they offered her like a cameo role for one session, which was about four hours for $4,000. So that kind of fits with what she was talking mm-hmm. about. But I do feel like this kind of changes the narrative around Helena uh, Taylor and, and, you know, she didn't necessarily tell the whole story. Um, but I do like, I do think that there is a discussion to be had there as well about like, you know, like we, we probably should be still paying a lot more for these important roles mm-hmm. and characters. And like, I, again, I have, I have no idea what the industry standard is, but maybe the industry standard should be higher because of games, you know, as games have evolved, like that's an increasingly big part of, you know, the, the product and, and what makes it so special. And especially for a series like Bayonetta, where that character and personality is a very big, strong selling point of that. So, um, yeah, I, it's a it's a tangled web uh absolutely but and a lot of different conflicting reports uh i you know obviously i last week we came out and said that like we we clearly support helena taylor and you know new information has come to light and i think that you know maybe maybe it's not the best look for her lying by omission and certainly um you know a lot of people she kind of maybe indirectly but somewhat directly encouraged Bayonetta fans to give the new voice actress of Bayonetta, Jennifer Hale, maybe a little bit of a tough time on social media. Um, mm. So, I, you know, it's it's not really a good look for anybody, and, and, right. except for Jennifer Hale, ironically, who posted a very uh, uh, professional and succinct tweet saying, like, you know, my reputation speaks for itself, and she's under mm-hmm. NDA. I don't know if you saw that, but it's, uh, it's certainly a weird scenario. Um, yeah. Yeah. It is weird. And like, you know, with all this new information, what's real, what's not real, you know, that's all there. I still stand by what I said. Like these corporations really need to pay the fair market value for every employee, not just, you know, like this across the board. And, you know, if somebody asks for a little bit more and you think they're worth it, great. But, you know, it, it, it's a, it's a thing that goes both ways. So I like, I don't like the climate with corporations and how they're paying people right now. But at the same time, if you're kind of not giving, you know, omitting some of the information of the negotiations, you know, you're not telling the whole truth of that, of the, what happened during negotiations that you're not entirely a victim here. So, so yeah, I still stand by what I said, but yeah, the, the look is not good for all the new information that's come out. And, and it's not good for like all parties. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, it's I just a mess. It, it, it really is a mess. And, mm-hmm. you know, one thing that, uh, so there's a great article by Jason Schreier on Bloomberg about this whole mess. And one thing that stuck out to me there is, um, you know, so Helena Taylor asked for a large salary and residuals, which may be actually more important than the large salary because residuals, right. I, I'm not sure that that's like a big industry standard right now. We did hear Sean Chiplock last week who voices Rivali kind of chime in and say like he got paid more for the small little indie game than he did for breath of the wild because they gave him residuals, residuals which yeah. is essentially another word for royalties right. so um that you know that's a separate conversation i think that's probably something that could and should happen in the the video game world like especially if you're going to use previous recorded dialogue again 
Mm, and, uh, yeah. you know, there's a lot of people out there a lot smarter than me that probably have better takes on it, but that's just my layman opinion. Um, but it, yeah, it certainly was an interesting and tangled web and yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, kind of where it goes and, and how, it, or maybe it is finished. I don't know. Um, but I do kind of feel, actually, I don't really feel bad because by all accounts, the director of, uh, Platinum Games is kind of a, kind of a dink, but, uh, I, I do feel bad for Bayonetta fans because, you know, you got this game coming out and now there's all this stuff kind of yeah, clouding and hovering fun. over it. No. Yeah. So. Kind yeah. of a little gray cloud. A little gray cloud. All right. Well, we don't have any gray clouds over our episode this week, by God. We have a ton of collectibles to talk about in this Legend of Zelda series, and we're going to grade them with, uh, should we, do we want to give out like an S grade or just like A plus is like the top tier? I don't. I don't want to do, do. Should we do minuses and pluses or stuff? Like, what, what are you thinking here, Al? Um, I think in the past what we've done is like if we if we given it a grade, we're just like it's an A, but it's below this one. That's kind of what we've done in the past. Okay, okay. Let's try that and let's get cooking right now. And Allison, do you have this list pulled up? Because I do. Yes, I got it pulled up. I think that we take turns picking. I think we okay. pick at random, and I okay. think that you, being the curator of this list, should pick first. Okay. Get us started, Al. What are we doing today? I'm going to, like, I'll probably pick more of them that I feel like I've done, because you might know more about a couple of these than I do. Sure. Um, I'm going to, let's go with uh, figurines from Wind Waker first, because oh, I really boy. actually love the figurines. It's just a lot of work, so... Uh, figurines from Wind Waker. I really don't remember anything about them or the GameCube version of this collectathon because I know you have the pictograph and I think you can make figurines in the GameCube version. But what I do remember is the uh, HD version and you get the pictograph. You have to make sure it's the color. You like, I think you have to upgrade it to be color. And then you could take like up to 12 pictures, I think, right. of uh, <clears throat> enemies, people, etc. And then you turn them into, I think his name is like Kovlov or something like that. And he's over by the Forsaken, or not the Forsaken, the... Is he on Windfall Island? Forest Haven. Forest Haven. Oh, Forest Haven, okay. Yeah, I keep trying to think of all the names of these locations. Y'all know I suck at names on the spot. But anyways, he's over by the Forest Haven, and you turn in 12 pictures at a time, and he makes little figurines out of them. And the figurines are so detailed, 3D. You can go into the different rooms and have a look at them in the future. And it's really cool. I loved it. The only problem I have with it is it's a lot of work. It's a lot of pictures to take. Sometimes you forget because you're in the moment, maybe fighting a boss. You know, and you forget to take a picture of the boss. Yeah. Um, also, it was connected to the to the tingle bottles in the ocean, which is no longer a thing, obviously. So it's really difficult to probably finish that now, because um, uh, people could send the pictures in the tingle bottles, and it would help you, you know, kind of grab some of them that you were missing. Right. That so, fine meverse that yep. no longer exists. Yep. So it's a little bit difficult. It takes a lot of work. Um, but if you're like if you're like me and you really set out to do like 100% of Zelda game when you're first playing it, which is what I did with this HD version of Wind Waker, like it's, it makes it like, I don't know, it just is a really cool experience to do that. And I don't remember 
if you get anything at the end, you just have this cool like collection of figurines. That was the next thing I was going to ask you is what's the reward for it? Because I, I have to be honest with you. I don't know that I've ever done this. I, I, uh -huh. I don't. I, I think I got the gist of it from the side quest and I was just like, no. I'm not doing this. Sorry. I think it's easily been almost 10 years since I've done this. So I can't remember if there's a reward at the end, but I feel like the collection itself is the reward. Yeah. So I'm, I'm taking a look right now. And there is, you know what this reminds me of is scanning in Metroid Prime, actually. Like we have to scan mm. every single enemy. Um, I don't know, Al. I'm not very high on this one. I like I said, there's I I don't see any discernible reward. If there is, somebody can correct me and, and tell me. But I'm I'm looking and I don't see one. And it's a lot of work. And I don't love like I think that like collections like as we'll talk about later on this list. I really like the ones that you have to go out of your way to find and like puzzles to solve. I don't like the ones where you just have to like stop when you see an enemy and just like 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 in Breath of the Wild. Yeah. I don't like the the um hyrule compendium either like i just buy the hyrule compendium i bought all of them <laughs> um yeah. i i don't i if i if you were to ask me to grade this it wouldn't be very high i think that's like i think this is going to be an interesting discussion about this list because i think you and i are two very different players because i love grinding and you're not a big the biggest fan of grinding in this no. sense i don't think so no. Yeah, it's going to be kind of interesting because I love this. I know a lot of Zelda fans love the figurines. So I'm going to grade it as a pretty solid A for me. Oh, okay. All right. I was going to go like a like a D. Oh, my gosh, Andy. Like I can D. I'll, I'll, I'll cave and do a B. I'm willing to do B. Maybe we should just have two separate grades for these here. <laughs> like Let's an Andy that. grade? Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep track of our grades here in our spreadsheet, which we can then uh share okay. for all of uh, our listeners and stuff after. Um okay. okay, so we got a D and we got an A. There we go. That's this, this is this what kind of list this is gonna be it today. It really depends on the player. <laughs> Let us talk about the posals from Twilight Princess. Okay. I think I think, I think, I think, I think I'm going to go a B. I think I'm going to go a B with uh, the postals. Um, first and foremost, because I think that the, like, the actual, like, spirits look very cool. Like, the the, yeah. the, the, the pose themselves, they look like little grim reapers. And I do like that it forces you to make use of your wolf sense, which, you know, Twilight Princess doesn't always give you a lot of reason to be the wolf other than, like, running from place to place so i do like when you can um you know have that versatility to to use like the the different you know the different abilities that you do have i like that they're hidden around and that they um you know that you can fight them and like um i yeah i, I just think that they're uh i think that they're just like a cool little addition they're not too hard but they're somewhat challenging um but they're also kind of hidden away a little bit so it's a little bit uh, it's a little mix of combat exploration um, rewards, let's see, we get, uh, the final reward isn't, isn't all that great. So we get, uh, 200 rupees, but you do get, you do get a bottle at one point for it. So, I mean, that's something. Um, there are 60 of these things in the game, so there's definitely uh, enough to keep you busy. I, I like this one. I, I do. I think that it's a solid, like, nice collectible. Nothing, it's, it's not the best, but there's nothing inherently wrong with it either. 
Um, I kind of agree with you. It's kind of one of those things that's like average to me where, you know, if I'm playing Twilight Princess, it's kind of fun to run around and collect the pose. Um, I, I don't feel like I've ever gone completely out of my way to get all of them unless I'm, I 100%ed the game because right. I think you only have to do 20 to get that bottle. Um, yeah, you do. Yeah. So at the end of the day, it's like it, I would do it more for like the, the reason to say, hey, I'd collected all 60 postals. But yeah. I also like that it's not like a, an egregious number. So 60 feels really good in that the size of that world. Um, some of them are kind of tricky, but like you can get to the end game and be like, I'm going to go hunt down all these pose and they're all relatively easy to get by the yeah. time you're done with the, the game. So it's like it's an OK. There's nothing like um, really difficult or uh, strenuous to get them all. So I'm OK with it. Like I would give it a B, too. Okay, and you know what the thing about that is too, and it, it, we'll talk about this when we get to Koroks, but like, it's kind of nice that like, you you get your rewards somewhat early, and like you don't mm -hmm. have to, like there's no like awesome item hidden behind like all, all 60, which is kind of nice, but like it, it also kind of takes away at the same time, you know, like, yeah. um, but I, I do that, 60 is a big number, I think, if you're gonna, like if you want to complete all of them, and have like a really awesome reward, like that's a big number. Um, so I, I kind of do like that they give you the reward like a little bit, a little bit earlier. So, okay. Solid bees. Yeah. Cool. 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 Okay. Let's go with, mm -mm 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 -mm. let's talk about the stray fairies in Majora's Mask. Okay. Stray. All right. So I, I was, I was, um, when I was putting together this list of collectathons, I was kind of considering if it is one or not, but I feel like it is because it's definitely very optional. You don't have to get them. Yeah. And, um, you have, I, uh, I want to say like 20 in each, uh, dungeon. Is that correct? I, I think so. Yeah. Something, so something like 20 like, or 15 or something like that. Yeah. So it's, so it's a relatively small number per dungeon, I will say. And, um, I feel like the result at the end, you get that fairy sword, which is actually really cool looking. I love the look of it. And um, I don't know. I feel like it's not that hard to get them. You get the fairy mask pretty easy on, and it helps you kind of, you know, navigate a room in the dungeon to see mm -hmm. if there is any around. It helps them kind of, like, say if you pop one out of a bubble a million feet away, but you put on the fairy mask, it kind of gravitates towards you, so that's cool. Um, I don't think it's very difficult. Um, sometimes I'd say it's even fun. I love that they're all different colors. Um, I love that there's already an agency to replay these dungeons in the game. So it's kind of cool that you could just go back to get the fairies for like, that's just the reason you're replaying the dungeon because right. I, like I said, there is reason to go back for, there are different reasons to go back. But overall, I think the reward is really satisfying for them. And I would, uh, I would also give this a B. I think I like it more than the postals, right. but it doesn't need to be as a high A for me. Yeah, I, I think I would give it a B as well. I would uh, put it on the same tier as the postals. If there is something that's holding it back from being an A, and that is that when you get the final reward and you get the great fairy sword, it's an item and it's not. It does not replace your sword. Yeah, that's true. I that, forgot about that. If if that was like. If that was the case and it replaced your sword, this would be an A because I find that like the the sword is useless to me because I just I you know I, I only have three item slots and like I gotta you know I gotta have my hook shot I gotta have my arrows I gotta you know mm -hmm. what I mean um, so that that holds it back a little bit for me and I think I think the other thing that holds it back just a little is um, 
it's it's hard to get all of them on the first go around. At mm-hmm. least at least for me it was. And I and I could be wrong about this too. I I didn't do any I didn't do any research this week, so people can have a field day correcting me here, but <laughs> I I think that in Wood not in Woodfall, in one of the dungeons I feel like you you don't have the proper item to get all the fairies like in the first go around. So you do have to come back. I I kind of am the player that likes to get like I just like to do it once. Like I want to go through, I want to do it once and I want to go in. I do wish that there was a way that you could like the great fairy mask is awesome. Um, I do wish that there was a way that you could, uh, I don't know, like maybe when you're equipping it, like you, the map would show you the locations of all the fairies that you could just stay there. So I, I don't know, but, uh, that yeah, would be I, nice. yeah, I think it's an inoffensive collectible, like the, the rewards that you get are awesome. The, the bigger magic and, and the, like the mm-hmm. sword and all the other stuff that you get with it too. Um, so yeah, I mean, it adds like a little bit of, uh, it adds a little bit of, you know, replayability to the dungeons, which I think is good. And, uh. Yeah, nothing, you know, it could be better, I think so, but there's nothing also inherently wrong with it either. Like, it's not very often in Zelda games that you are incentivized to go back into a previous dungeon. I rem- mm-hmm. The only time I could think of otherwise is Skyward Sword, which I guess everybody hates, so... Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, And I, I did look it up, it is 15, so it's not, like, a ridiculous mm-hmm. amount of fairies per dungeon. Yeah. And, like, I feel like because of the three-day... uh you know, a uh, system, I think that more often than not, casual players are going back and playing these dungeons. So to me, it's not like a huge deal to not get them in one go. Of course, I am like you and I would love to, but I'm a more seasoned player, you know, than mm-hmm. some of the casual fans of this game. So yeah, it's inoffensive. And I I also really like that they're all different colors in each dungeon and that the fairies themselves, the great fairies are different colors. I think that makes it a little bit more fun. Yeah. And uh, and yeah, I think the rewards are actually rewarding versus a lot of collectathons that we're going to talk about in this game. Um, All right, let's move on and let's talk. Let's talk about something that I already kind of uh, touched on. That is a Hyrule Compendium from Breath of the Wild. I figured we might as well just do this since I already kind of poo-pooed all over it here. But uh, there's way too much. There's too much. um, But I'm going to give it a higher grade because you can buy the entries. And if you're like me and you're playing Breath of the Wild, rupees are no issue. Especially, like, I I never had a problem with, with money in that game at all. And if you do, it's fairly easy to go farm, like, some ore from some talises or something like that if if you really need to yeah yep so i do like that that's an option and i do think that the like utility that you get from having the compendium entries is is also a bonus so like if you have the entry for like a i don't know like a mushroom you can go and find that mushroom with your hyrule compendium um Mm -hmm. so i do like that but i do hate the idea of like stop 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 mm-hmm. it's just kind of like ugh. so i think i would give this a c and i feel okay. like i can guess what yours is i'm gonna be a b but um okay uh, because i agree with you it is too much there's a lot in this game and um i think it also redeems itself because you can buy them versus like the figurines wind waker where it's like it's really there's some that might be impossible to get if you're not stopping and if you're not really mindful as you're playing the game because of the fact that, you know, the Miiverse no longer exists. 
Yeah. So I think that there's easy ways to make up for the fact that you're missing items. But yeah, it's just it's such a huge compendium because you got the enemies, you got the food, you got the items, you got the animals, you got the weapons. It's just it's it's too much. It's too and much. it is kind of a, it does kind of um, take away from the immersion of being in that open world and like just exploring. So and if you're strapped for rupees for buying these, here's my tip to you. Put on your um, like sensor, your Sheikah sensor for rare ore deposits and go up to the Elden area. There are so many rare ore deposits up there and you'll just make bank. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I like it, but also like the result isn't as cool as the figurines. Unless you're like trying to be That's really fancy true. with your yeah. photos. You know, because sometimes your photo is just like a blurry thing of a Lionel that's literally two seconds from hitting you. So yeah. that's <laughs> so true. Some I, of the photos that counter are just like outrageously bad. Like you can you take like what? a selfie of yourself and like there's a little bit of your sword poking yeah. out. It's like, okay, that's good enough, I guess. You know what? Now that I've said that bit, I'm going to actually give it a C because like right. the result is not as aesthetic as the figurines. I'm down for that. Okay, so we got straight Cs. Okay, so we've really only differed on our first grade here al maybe we're more in <laughs> sync than we thought what are we talking about next okay let's do let's do something that i'm actually going to give a really low grade let's do ship parts from uh uh phantom hourglass oh, there's geez. really nothing to say about these from either of us because neither of us have actually done it i think the only people that we know have done it is there's probably one Mosses. man i know that's done this <laughs> um but I also think that a lot of it is randomized, if I remember yes, right. Yes, like it is. Yes. It's so extremely random. And I think that gives it an automatic F because it's not something that's like, I don't want to say easily achievable. Like, I think there should be some challenge to these, but like this challenge is ridiculous. So I'm going to say for achieving like 100% with the ship parts, I'm going to say F because it's just like, nobody feels the need to go and do that. <laughs> This is a absolute F because they're not useful. You use it to improve your ship, which you can play Phantom Hourglass quite easily without like upgrading anything ever. Right. Um, there's like a million of them. Like there's so many. I'm looking at this list of parts. This is outrageous. The amount of ship parts that there. The spike handrail. The demon <laughs> chimney. I think it's more about aesthetic. But at the end of the day, the DS games don't look that great. So... The Sea Pony Cannon? What? No, this is ridiculous. It's randomized. It's not useful. It takes absolutely forever. I watched Mossies try and farm these parts for like two hours one day. I was like, no way. This is F, 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 F. If it was more like, if it was more guided, a little bit more linear, and it wasn't so randomized, it might be worth something, and I might have done it. You know? But just oh. the fact that... Yeah, horrible. Yeah. Horrible. All right, it's my turn. Let's break out of that. Let's get that bad taste out of our mouth from the ship parts. <laughs> let's talk about something fun. Uh, let's talk about the, the My Mice from A Link Between Worlds. Yeah. I'm going to give out our first A because I think that this is really fun. I really love collecting the My Mice. I, I could even be tempted to go to an A+, plus actually, because I think that the reward, first of all, the reward is totally worth it. And it's multiple rewards. You can upgrade all of your items. Um, mm -hmm. uh, there's only 100, so it's not like... That sounds like a lot, but they're like hidden in a fairly... There are some of them that are tough, but like a lot of them are just like gimmies. Like you can collect them like right there. Um, 
so it, it, the story behind the collectible was also kind of cute, which I think like adds to it a little bit. Like the cute little, you know, the little octopuses going back to their mom. I, I think that's charming. Um, mm-hmm. And like there, there's a lot of good puzzles too for the ones that are a little bit harder to get. There's a lot of like different good puzzles that you can that you can use to get them with like wall merging and just like different kinds of exploration. These are the collectibles that I really like because like they are you can you can like slowly do them right over the course of the game and like they, they kind of like. It kind of like as you progress in the game, like the collectible progresses as well, and you could cash in your rewards multiple times, to like get that progression to to go up with you as you go, right? So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I think for all those reasons, this is like a really strong collectible, one of my favorites actually, and one of the most fun. Like there's a hundred, but I every time I play like Between Worlds, I always get them all, and it never seems like that much work to do it, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, I'm going no, it's a. Not at all. I'm also going a because I think. They're very accessible for any kind of player, you know, more seasoned, casual, whatever. The map is extremely helpful. Every region has a said number of my yeah. and if you find one, the number goes down, obviously. The map is different for Hyrule and Laurel, so you're not getting confused if it's in between the worlds. Um, you could also put a pin in it if you, like, I can't get this my mind now. I don't have the necessary equipment. You yeah. can pin it on your map because you can hear them. That's another thing that's really great about them. You can literally hear them. Um, I just think overall, like, it's not, like, too easy. There's still some challenge. There's still some puzzles. Some puzzles that make you feel really smart when you figure them out Mm -hmm, because of the wall merging. I think the wall merging is such a genius, like, Zelda thing because it just makes me feel so smart when I figure it out. Um, it's just overall so, like, satisfying. Yeah. Finding all the Mai Mai's is so satisfying. I'm going to go A+. I'm going A+, L. Okay. I'm going to say A+. I, okay. I probably would enjoy the Mai Mai's more than the Wind Waker figurines, though. You think? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I just really I like I can't even believe those are in the same They're breath. so cool. <laughs> all right. All right. Whatever. Uh, your, your pick, Al. Okay. Let me pick something. Let's do Gratitude Crystals from Skyward Sword. I don't okay. know. This, this feels like a... This feels like a shorter kind of uh, collect-a-thon because I think there's only 80, if I'm remembering right. Mm-hmm, and yeah. uh, there's only 80, and you collect. You can either collect them individually because they're hidden throughout the world, or you do side quests and you get like five or ten. Yeah. Um, and so it goes by pretty quick, but it's very like leveled throughout the game. So it's not like you can just do it in like. Like at the beginning of the game, I'm gonna get all the gratitude crystals. Yeah. Um. So it's pretty well leveled. Um. And then the items that you get, the rewards are, I think, pretty satisfying. Um. You get like big wallets. You get like heart uh, medallions, stuff like that. Yeah. Lots of money. I can't remember the end result. If you remember the end result. Um. Uh, let's, heart, uh, yeah, so. I'll, I'll try and look it up as you're going here. Okay. Okay. So I hold on. I got. It. So we got. Uh, there is a ton of different uh, rewards actually. So. The medium wallet, the uh, the piece of heart, the big wallet, the cursed metal, mm-hmm. gold rupee, giant wallet, uh, two gold rupees, and the tycoon wallet, and you get the added bonus of you turn um, uh, but true, but true, back into a human, which is <laughs> yeah. which is like one of the most hilarious scenes ever because he looks exactly the same. He does, and it's cute because he like goes to the bazaar and he's like yeah. hanging out there, and he's like, "Look at me! I'm a human now, yeah. and I'm interacting with humans." And everybody else yeah. is like, "Who is that guy?" <laughs> I, I think um, it's uh, yeah, I like this one. It's sweet. I'm gonna say B, like maybe B plus. 
Um, just because it's not like an egregious number, it's easily done throughout your playthrough of the game. Right. Um, the w- rewards are rewarding, and yeah, the story element to it is also pretty cute. I, I think I'm going to go just slightly higher, and I'm going to say A. But the, like, kind of like you alluded to, this one is a little bit different because it's it's like a series of collect like side quests really that make up this bigger side yeah. quest. So like. Some of the side quests are fun. Some of them are not fun. Like, I think the, the Peter sword is one of my favorite side quests in Zelda. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that one is so cute. Um, <laughs> and uh, actually, one of the very few examples of, like, branching paths and choices mattering in, in Zelda. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Like, I do think, like you said, you can you could explore and you can find some, which is actually kind of a pain. Um, you could do side quests and find some. There, there's lots of different ways that you can accrue gratitude crystals. I think that the rewards are all good. I think that the payoff is funny. I think that, uh, you know, the, I, I don't know. Like, I think that the whole thing, it could be a little bit like, what's the word I'm looking for? Like more coherent, I guess, in terms of, because it really does kind of feel like a mishmash of like different things. But yeah, I like, I, I do think that the, the story behind it is charming and I think that just puts it over the edge to me. Um, okay. To, to give it an A. Because, like, you know, you I mean, you get four wallets, and, like, that's, you know, how much, how much more money do you need to carry? But, like, again, it's kind of like one of those tiered reward things where, like, you can, you know, cash it in the, the further that you go, and you and you are rewarded for doing this quest along the, the entirety of the game. And I think mm-hmm. that, like, the best collectibles in the series are, are like that. So, yeah, yeah I'm going to go an A. Okay, cool. I guess it's my pick now, isn't it? Yeah. Um, okay, okay. Let's do Big Pose from Ocarina of Time. Okay. I am going to give this a B. Actually, I'm going to give it a B-. minus. Um, Because okay. I actually don't think this one is as good as Twilight Princess. Which is funny, because I'm putting Twilight Princess over Ocarina of Time on this show. Oh my god. But I, like, first of all, I think that the design of the pose is definitely cooler in Twilight Princess, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like in, in Twilight Princess, it's like a little bit more like structured, whereas in Ocarina of Time, it's like you kind of got to fight the pose on your horse. And like they sort of show up at this point in Hyrule Field, but like they kind of don't. And like actually like hitting them is kind of a pain in the butt and like they mm-hmm. can vanish on you right away. So it's kind of just like. Ah, dude, like, stay still and, like, let me fight you or whatever. I think if it was just, like, you, it it was harder to find, but once it appeared, it was, like, there and you could fight it. Kind of like the Post Sisters in the Forest Temple. I feel like that would be a little bit better. Um, and I think... And another thing that holds it back for me, too, is, like, if you beat them, you need an empty bottle to scoop yep. them, which is, like, fine, but it's, it's still a little bit of a pain. Um... And at that point, you only have three bottles at, at the most because at, the reward for doing this is, in fact, an empty bottle. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm going to say B minus. It, it's not as good as the Twilight Princess one, but it's it's got the it's got the right idea. Um, I'm going to say I might be in the same boat. B minus, maybe C plus. It's like it's like a little mini collectathon. It's you only yeah. got ten poes. You like get points for them from this poe collector. I think the poe collector is kind of a cool guy. Um, yeah, I like his little. Dude, hey? He's creepy. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> he's creepy, but like cool. Like I don't know, in a good way. Um, and he's like collecting these ghosts, and I don't know about him, but I like overall, it's not very like when I think Ocarina of Time 
the last thing on my mind is collecting those 10 poes. You know, I think yeah. more of the gold school toilets, which we'll talk about later. Um, so it's more of this kind of like just mini thing for an extra bottle. So it doesn't feel like a big collectathon that you're getting rewards from throughout the game. It's happening, yeah, you know, exactly. as you play. So it's just, it's really small to me. I think I'm going to go with the C plus now that I've been talking about it. Yeah, that's fair. I, I think another thing that maybe holds back a little bit too is correct me if I'm wrong, but every Poe is in Hyrule field, right? So like yes. you don't really need to explore that much to find them i i could actually yep, almost go c plus but I, th I think i'm out of respect for ocarina of time i'm gonna stick with my uh b minus but uh yeah not not the uh not the top tier ocarina of time collectible let's just put it that way okay all right um let's talk about ooh golden bugs in twilight princess for agatha and her okay. little castle this is okay. I actually, I, I kind of like the golden bugs. I think they're really pretty. Um, I think the fact that you're getting them for Agatha is really charming. She's just like a little weirdo who likes bugs, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but she's cute. Um, and then she gives you a lot of money for everyone that you bring in. I believe it's like 50 rupees if you bring in one, but if you have the second, it's 100 rupees. Um, yeah, something like that, yeah. Yeah, and... Um, I want to say there's 24 total, yeah. and every area of the map has one. So, like, if you're in the Zora area, it has the two. Like, let me think. The Kakariko Village, they have the ants. So, you would find the two ants in the Kakariko area. Yeah. Or in Hyrule Field, I think it's the grasshoppers. So, you would have to find them throughout. Because those are the hardest ones to find, in my opinion, that, the ones in Hyrule Field. But they're really pretty. Um, they make a cute little tinkling sound. So, it kind of <laughs> helps you if you're looking for them. <laughs> I I like these little added details to these things. So it's not like the most uh ridiculous collectathon in the world. It's pretty short, but it again, it's done as you explore the world. So it can be done throughout the game. The rewards are cool. I don't remember the end result. I just remember getting I a lot of money. money. I think it's yeah, just money. Yeah, money, maybe a big wallet, something of that yeah. nature. And then just the fact that you are that you could open um, up your menu and see your collection, this pretty gold collection yeah. of bugs, is also really cool. Okay, so, I, I can confirm that you get a big wallet for the first one, the first bug that you get, and then after that, it's just money. Okay. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I think it's great. I But it's average, though, so just B for me. Uh, yeah, I think I'm a B as well. Um... I, I pretty much agree with basically everything that you said. It's a different kind of collectible, which I think is fun. I think the, the premise is quirky. It's uh, very like Tim Burton-esque, Agatha mm -hmm. as a character. Um, it's different. You know, like it's uh, it's different. And Twilight Princess has a lot of things that you can collect. So different is good. Um, and like, yeah, it is nice to have it kind of spread out throughout the map. I do think that the rewards are kind of lame because like... Mm. You know, like, Rupees and Zelda, like, there comes a point in every Zelda game where, like, Rupees just don't matter because you don't need them anymore. Because you either have so much or there's nothing that you need to buy. Like, nobody's buying a potion at some point in the game, right? So, yeah. I think that the rewards could have been a little bit better. Um, you know, I mean, I guess they do help. You do need, Twilight Princess, you do need to spend some money on the cannon and on, you know, everything else in that game. Like, the stuff in Malomart is expensive, too. Yeah, yeah, um... Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I Yeah, I don't really have much else to add. I think it's a cute, charming collectible. Not too, you know, not too much. Just probably the right amount. And uh, mm -hmm. Agatha is a fun character. So, yeah, I'll give it a B. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. 
Let's see, what else do we got in this list here? Oh boy. Um I don't I don't even remember this, so this this is you. I don't okay. even know what this is. Stamps in Spirit Tracks. Did I okay. mention that Spirit Tracks is now the game that I've waited the longest to replay? Yeah. <laughs> um Okay, st stamps. I think the stamp concept is really cool. I've never completed it myself, so I have literally no idea what you get for it. Um, but I think it's cute. So Nico gives you like a little stamp book, and you find these little stamp stations throughout um, the the overworld. Right. And um, of course, some of them are like, "Oh, this is kind of out of my way. I have to come back for them." And it uh, you know encourages exploring, coming back to locations, which is fine. Um, which is fine. If I got more into the fast travel of Spirit Tracks, it'd probably be better because I know there is a fast travel. But traveling around on, on the train sometimes can be just like super tedious. And I'm like, I need to go back to the other whole other side of the world to get the stamp. Right. So that can be a little bit annoying. But I got a few while I was playing. There's even some in dungeons, which is cool. And I feel like the design of the stamps are cool. You can pick like where you stamp it on your book. And I think that's really cute. Um, I literally do not remember anything about like the rewards, so uh, I apologize. I pulled for that. it up here. Let me. Okay, let me, what are let the me rewards? Chime in with something here. So we've got the shield of antiquity with ten stamps collected, um, and it is it is used uh, in Phantom Hourglass, and it cannot be eaten by like likes, so that's kind of cool. The engineer's Ooh. clothes, so you get to wear the you know a different outfit, and mm -hmm. the swordsman's scroll, which lets you do the great spin attack, and that's for twenty. So these are actually like, kind of cool rewards. Yeah, so cool rewards. Um, I just think getting them is probably the problem. Um, right. So I'm going to say like a C minus, maybe a D. I'm going to say D because I think that if I were to spend time getting all these, it probably wouldn't be as fun unless right. I was fat, like unless I knew how to do the fast travel system. But I think the concept is really cute and the designs of the stamps is really cute. Right. I, I don't think I gain good conscience. Give a, a grade here. So I'm going to say I for incomplete. Um, missing <laughs> okay. information. But uh, yeah, that's, uh, you know what? The rewards at least sound good. So I, I will play Spirit Tracks again sometime soon. Someday. Someday. <laughs> Someday. All okay, right. I'm going to I'm gonna pull one that I know nothing about. Let's do, let's do my longest game that I haven't I played. I knew you were going here. <laughs> Kinstones. Minish Cap. Tell me about Kinstones. <laughs> okay, so um, Kinstones is a funny one, actually, because it's it's kind of weird because it's random but required at the same time. So Kinstones is a mechanic that you are required to do in, uh, in Minish Cap, and essentially you can find half of a Kinstone. And Kinstone is a circular object, so these things are going to be broken in half in different shapes. And you will see a character that needs something, and if you help them out, you will get the opportunity to fuse kinstones with them. So if you find a kinstone that matches their kinstone, abracadabra, you can put them together and good things will happen. Like maybe a pathway will open or a chest will appear or a door will be unlocked or something like that. And about 95% of these are completely optional. And you do get a whole bevy of rewards from them. So like heart pieces and upgrades and items and stuff, um, which sounds really good. Um, and, and additionally, there are some, there are a few spots in the game where like you are required to fuse kinstones, like in the cloud tops and in the, uh, the caster wilds so that you can progress in the story. Um, and those are typically golden kinstones. And that kind of signifies that like these ones are, you have to do them. 
Mm-hmm. But uh, so it, it sounds pretty good, but it's a it's a gimmick that runs throughout the entire game. So it's like the main collectible that runs through the entire game. So like you're gonna find kinstones everywhere, and actually completing this is like very very tricky because the kinstones that you find are random. Um, a lot of the there's just like there's just a lot. There's a lot of people that need to you know have their have their kinstones fused. So. I think that there is, you know the saying, too much of a good thing? Mm-hmm. That's what kinstones are. I think that they should have dialed it back by like half, maybe. Um, and it would have been a little bit more manageable. But I, I doubt that there's a lot of our listeners out there that have ever 100%ed the kinstone side quest. Um, and I did, I've done it a few times. And every time when you get down to the end, it's just like, oh my god. like Who, who needs a kinstone again? And this would be helped dramatically. If you have, like, some kind of logbook or record mm-hmm. of, like, you met this person that needs this kinstone in this town. If they remake Minish Cap, I have no doubt that that will be included in the game. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, as of right now, it is it is tricky just being, like... Because you meet so many people throughout the course of this game. And, like, you don't have the kinstone on you. And, like, again, it's, it's random where you can get it. Sometimes you slash a bush and a kinstone will pop out. And maybe it's the right fit and the right color. Maybe it's not. So... There's a lot of, like, I'll come back to you later. And without any way to kind of keep track of that, it does become a little bit of a dog's breakfast, as my father might say. So <laughs> I'm going to go... Jeez. Um, uh, I think I'm going to go B- minus on this because it is... Oof. Like, I think that the idea in concept is good, but the like you, there's no good way to keep on top of it. And there's no good right. way to see, like... To, to strategize, like, what do I do next? And, like, you know, if you could see who needs a kinstone and what shape they need, that would change things dramatically. But the way that it is right now, it, it's just, it's a little bit I don't, unrefined. It's like gotcha. a broken kinstone in and of itself. <laughs> I'm going to say uh, an NA grade for me on this one like you did for Spirit Tracks, just because, one, right. I probably have only ever done the mandatory kinstones and nothing else <laughs> yeah, and two fair. it's just been so long since i played manage cat that's fair um like it, it almost feels like weird to call it a collectible because like you do collect them but they're certainly not required i don't know it, it's it's a it's a system that i think could definitely use some upheaval if they ever were going to remake this um, yeah all right i want to stick with spirit tracks actually and i want to talk about the rabbits and um it's my turn or your no it is my turn right yeah okay yeah i'm sorry i lost myself there the -hmm. rabbits from spirit tracks i kind of like this actually i kind of like just like rolling around on my train and mashing my my seafoam cannon and shooting these rabbits and hitting them and whatever i think that the actual like game like once you hit the rabbit where you have to to use the net or whatever like i think that's kind of lame but I don't know. I kind of like just shooting at them on the on the overworld. I think it adds a little bit of much needed spice to that drive on your overworld. Um, rewards, not that good, not that good. We're talking some rupees. We're talking a heart container. We're talking a uh, a sword scroll, which lets you use the beam ability on your sword. Actually, so that's kind of neat. Mm-hmm. But I think that. I think that once you actually hit the rabbit and go to that game, it like falls off a cliff. Cause I think that is not fun. Yeah. And, uh, but I do, I, I do like, you know, shooting at them. 
on the way. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I, maybe, what, what would your grade be, Al? You've played this more recently than I have. I mean, I have a grade in I, mind, but I don't know if I want to give it. This is also something like the stamps where I haven't done an incompletion, but I have caught a few. You have to get the little rabbit net, first of all. Um, and I would agree that shooting them on the boulders and behind the trees and stuff is fun. But once you get to that point where you have to catch them on the net, they're a little fast. No. They're like, as soon as you tap somewhere, they're gone. And then if you miss it, you get like 10 seconds to catch them. If you miss it, you have to find your way back to that area for it to respawn, which yeah, I think is, is like insufferable. And then there's some that you can't reach unless you're doing the fast travel with those, uh, those like four strand, uh, Triforce shard thingies, which you only get from side quests. So you really have to, like, this is like, this is when you're hundred percenting the game that you have to do these. And I'm sure the stamps are the same, but like, they're just not achievable without getting those gems. So overall, I think it's a D just cause like. The, the concept is cool. It is a good challenge. It's a, it's a hard challenge. But the way you have to get them is just so, like, if I'm missing that thing three times in a row, yeah. I'm rage quitting, you know? If, if you could just shoot it on the, like, if, if you were on the overworld map and you're chugging along on your train and you shoot it with your cannon and you hit it and you get, like, the, the rabbit token or whatever, this is a completely different story. Like, yeah. yeah. But as it is, like... Eef. I was gonna go D plus because I kind of like shooting at them. What did I say? D. I think you said a D. Yep. D. Yeah. Okay. Let me let me jot that down. I'm sorry, rabbits. Sorry, but you kind of deserve this. All right. Uh, what do we got <laughs> next, Al? Okay. Let's go with. Ooh. Let's let's talk about something really cool. I like this one. The masks from Majora's Mask. I think that. The masks is a collectathon. I don't know if people feel that way, but I do because some of them are optional. You don't have to get them at all. But I love doing all the side quests. Um, it really get, helps with your immersion into this world, into these characters, into this like doomed, mm. you know, atmosphere. Um, you get a lot of really good story and just like some charming characters, some like questionable characters, and then you get m masks as the reward. And I think. Like, my favorite part of Majora's Masks is the side quests. Like, I could care less about the dungeons, to be honest. Um, they're okay when I'm, you know, completing the game, but I rather spend all my time with the people and right. with the creatures and all that kind of stuff. So I, I would give Masks an A, um, maybe an A minus. But like, I think it's like top tier collectathon. It's really rewarding, especially because, like, at the end, first of all, you have all twenty masks. Is it 20? Um, mm, yeah. And then at the very end, you can get the Fierce Deity Mask by, you know, relinquishing all those masks, which kind of sucks, but the Fierce Deity Mask is pretty cool. The transformation well, is Well, you get to keep it after a while, as well as get all your masks back. Right. So, like, like the, the sacrifice behind it is cool. Yeah. But also, and it's kind of like, kind of like gut-wrenching, because you're like, oh my gosh, I just worked so hard, and I met all these people for these, but you give them up for the ultimate power... And I just think the whole concept is really cool. It takes the whole game to do um, from start to finish. And it's just, it's very rewarding. Yeah, I, uh, like, this is a weird one. Because again, kind of like we were talking about with Gratitude Crystals. Like, it, it doesn't seem like a collectathon. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, it, it seems like a core part of this game. But 
you really like i mean you don't have to get all the masks like for right. sure um and i think that getting the masks is the best part of the game so i mean like i, I would have to say like a plus based on that yeah. criteria um because yeah i mean like there's so there there's so many different like side quests and, and ways that you can acquire these masks and, like different characters you have to meet different things you have to do um that is like that that in of itself is its own show right there and i think we've actually done that before grading mm-hmm. all the masks and stuff like that um but yeah I, I mean like based on our criteria this is definitely a collectible and it's the best part of majora's mask i mean like it's got to be an a plus right like i feel like the the journey is awesome the reward is incredible like that the fierce deity mask is so awesome to use and like yeah it kind of cheeses the end battle of the game but like if you're going to put in that work it feels like a worth it reward for like doing mm-hmm. all that work right so like plus the visual of it is so awesome um so like the reward is awesome the uh the challenge is awesome the story element to it is awesome it seems like you know probably number one like probably the number one collectible in, in the entire zelda series based on this criteria i i would say yeah i'm gonna say like the more we talk about it the more i'm like really down for it so i'm gonna say a plus yeah, I'm I was say, trying yeah. to give it. I was trying to give it some criteria, but like it's really hard because it's so good. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I th- I think it's uh, I think it's an A plus as well. Uh, so there you go. It's probably the best one, actually. <laughs> probably the best one out of all of these. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, okay, it's my pick. What do we got? Oh boy, how about this? <laughs> Stamps from Twilight Princess. I'm ready yeah. to give out my second F. Ooh, dang, Gina. Okay, why would you give it an F? These are horrible. They're horrible. (laughs) There is no worse feeling, okay? And trust me, because I've played a lot of Twilight Princess HD. (laughs) There is no worse feeling than you're in a dungeon, and you go, and and you're exploring. Maybe you're even trying to finish the dungeon quickly. You're just like, I wonder what this is. Is it an item? Is it a small key? Is it the compass? No, it's a stamp. It's a letter L. Sweet. <laughs> what the hell do I do with this? Especially if you're playing Twilight Princess HD now, where Miiverse is not a thing. It was a goofy gimmick then. It's a goofy gimmick now. It's like uh, the definition of like, okay, let's insert something to make this game replayable since we're releasing it with literally no changes made to it other than we made it look brighter and worse for no I'm reason. Just- I was trying to look up it to see if there was rewards. Um, a lot of these have been looking up the rewards, but not that I'm seeing any rewards, but you know what these stamps replaced? Rupees. They replaced, yeah. so all these chests I'd already rather have existed. Rupees. All these chests already existed, but they were rupees before. I think that's interesting. Like, there's some with 100 rupees that you're getting Zelda stamp. <laughs> it's horrible. It's absolutely horrible. Even I, I am... The absolute greatest Twilight Princess player in the world. And even <laughs> I mistake some of these chests sometimes. That's how horrid, how putrid these stamps are. This is the the absolute worst. This might be the worst one, actually. I What else did we give an F to? We gave an F to uh, uh, the ship parts. This could be worse than the ship parts. I think that okay, could so be there's- worse. I think there's there's 50 stamps because there's obviously every letter and then there's like 24 extra ones that are like characters with their faces and whatnot. 50 stamps is a lot. So, I, li- let me ask you. Listen. What do you do with that? Do I, <laughs> I do I stamp I a letter to my friend Allison on Meverse? Like, <laughs> huh? I can't I can't find any rewards for this, but like 
listen, I like the idea of the collectible. I did one time collect all the stamps. I like the idea, so I really like collecting things, you know, as we all know. I like the idea of doing it the once, but yeah, it's like actually very frustrating to open a chest and be like, oh, I got a stamp, I'm really not into the stamps. I'm not, I mean, I wouldn't give it, I don't know if I would give it an F because oh, I feel on. like the, no, just listen, I feel like the ship parts are so bad because they're so randomized. At least the stamps, there's like an order to them that you can get them. There's like... There's, they're easy to get a hold of, you know, and they are done throughout the game, kind of matching a lot of the criteria that we've been talking about this whole episode. So, like, I think they're a D, but, like, I wouldn't give them a whole F because the ship parts are basically impossible. Can you see my face right now? Yeah. I think I made very good points right there. <laughs> this is an F every day. Is there, is there a grade worse than F? Is there like a T, G? T for troll. G for GTFO? Like, <laughs> it's horrible. Uh, horrible. All right. Uh, yeah. I've just, I've played too many times before where, like, you just get the Midna face stamp in Arbiter's Grounds, and it's like... That's fine. Ah! I don't know where that is. <laughs> All right, Al. What's next? We only have a few left here. Okay. We're going long, um, which is great. Let's just, um... Let's do the train parts really quick. Just like a quick mention. I think it's also, I would say, I don't think it's as randomized as Phantom Hourglass is. I think you, the items you get in order to earn like money slash points for the ship parts are. But I think you could just buy all the ship parts if I'm remembering right from Lineback the Third. So it's not as bad, but it's still a D. Like I'm not interested. Lineback the Third. Uh, yeah, I'm going NA. I, uh, I got nothing. I got less than If anybody nothing. knows more about the, the train parts than I do, great. Let me know. But from my experience playing this game for the first time this year, it is a little bit better than the ship parts, but not by much. Still not interested. I guess it's my turn again. Uh, let's go secret seashells from Link's Awakening. And I am prepared to... I am prepared to give this a B, perhaps even a B plus, because again, kind of like the the Mai Mai's and the uh, some of the other stuff that we've been talking about, like you you do find them as the game progresses, and one of the rewards for finding uh, either ten or fifteen of these is you get like a sensor that will kind of dingle when you're by a secret shell. So I think that that kind of item is like very very helpful. Um, I'm taking a look at some of these other. Rewards, actually. I'm just pulling them up here. Um, and these are the rewards for the 2019 version. Mm -hmm. So we've got heart pieces. We've got uh, we got some stuff for Dompe's Dungeon Maker mode. Uh, and we got the Coholent Sword. So, you know, I, I think that those are, like, pretty decent rewards. Um, again, it's they're kind of scattered all over the map. So you can, as you progress throughout the game, you're, you know, you the secret seashell progression or finding them, it progresses with you. So, I mean, I, I think it's like a... I think it's a fine collectible. I do think that, um, I don't know. It's it, it's not as like nifty, and there's no storyline reason for it as maybe some other collectibles. So like, it's just kind of like one of those things where it's like, this is a collectible for the sake of having something to like do in the game. So I think that holds mm -hmm. it back a little bit for me. Um, so I think I'm gonna go B. 
I think I'll go C plus just because of that last thing you said. I didn't feel any real. Yeah, maybe agency. I'll go B minus actually. Yeah, I didn't feel really any agency to collect them. Um, I didn't collect all of them when I played the 2019 version, which was my first time playing Link's Awakening. Um, I do like that they become a little bit easier to find that way um, in the game, even though like you, they still progress with you throughout the game, so that's good. They do what they're supposed to do, but yeah, there's no real like I didn't I didn't feel like a purpose to collecting them except for if I want to go back and replay that game and do 100. percent Right. That would be the only reason I would want to collect them, in my opinion. So I think that they're fine. Their concept is fine. But there's not a lot of charm to them like we have with a lot of our other collectibles. So I, C, C plus is fine. Really average. Totally okay. Yeah. Um, even in Link's Awakening DX, it's like, I think it's about half the amount of seashells. But like, it's kind of the same. Like It has all the same problems. It's just a little bit quicker to get to your final reward. So yeah, I, I think it's like... Kind of ho-hum. Yeah. All right, Al. What do we got next? We've only got one, two, three. We only got three left. Oh, yeah. We do only have three left. Dang it. I was trying to leave the last Let's the... get this. Let's get this other one out of the way. There, one of these is not like the others. Come on. Okay. I was trying to make you get that one last, to be honest. Okay, uh, we can so... do it last if you want. I don't care. <laughs> We're going to talk about outfits from Dream Wars Heroes. <laughs> Oh, brother. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, so <laughs> I know that Andy hates this uh, aspect of Triforce Heroes and thinks it's hokey and whatever. And it is. It is really just special. And But there is a purpose to it. A lot of these outfits do have, like, abilities to help you progress through these levels. The problem is that it's kind of after the fact like it's kind of after you've gone through these levels that you're getting the items that you need for these uh outfits plus you need an excessive amount of items you know so you're replaying these levels over and over and over again which who wants to do that um like i've said in the past i enjoy playing this game with my friends but not to that degree so no. i feel like i feel like it's a little out of reach unless you absolutely love this game and you have a lot of time, and your friends have a lot of time to play this game. So it's achievable, but, like, it's hard. It's difficult. And they have they the outfits are rewarding in that they help you with levels, but, like, what's the point if you've already beaten the game? You know what I mean? There is a saying, Al. Passed down from generations. Yeah, and the saying goes, Too little, too late. <laughs> and that is the saying because as you correctly point out you get them after you already do these levels you have to repeatedly grind these levels for these very specific things that you need to give to madam whoever in order to actually make these outfits and that requires you to replay these levels and as you said nobody wants to replay the levels with like their friends like that's just not that takes, like, the one slightly enjoyable aspect of Triforce Heroes away if, like, you have to do it and it's not a bunch of chaos and, like, you're actually just like, okay, we're going to collect some uh, roasted acorns here so we can build the ice <laughs> climber suit. Like, that is not something that sounds very good. You know what the big problem here is? In order to get these... The biggest problem in order to get these outfits is not that you have to replay the levels. It's not that you have to do the levels after you've already done them. It's that you have to play Triforce Heroes. That's the problem. <laughs> because Triforce Heroes is an inherently 
unplayable game in single player. It, you like just throw it out. You might as well not play it because it, it's that terrible to play in single player. And no, like nobody wants to go and, and collect these outfits with like their friends. Like that's just not the purpose of of the levels. And like I feel like half these outfits don't really have like a, a strong purpose in the game. But I'm not gonna give it like the worst score on this list because at least. At least you get outfits and they have some uses. Even if they're not very useful, at least they do something in this game. So, I mean, I'm going to give it that. Like, I'm a fair man, okay? I'm going to give it that. (laughs) And I think, uh, I don't know if this grade has ever been given out before. This might be a first, actually. We're going to make history here on the Zeldcats. But I am about to give out the first F+. Oh, okay. I'm going to go with D. Uh, Just because... It's difficult to get, like, it's just, it's below average in my opinion, but there is some satisfaction to getting them, and there's satisfaction to getting all of them, even if you have to suffer to do it. (laughs) Suffer you do. My goodness. (laughs) All right. We got two left. Which one do you want to do first, Al? I know it's my pick, but uh, which one do you want to do do first? Gold School Tulis. Okay. Golden School Tulis from Ocarina of Time. Kind of, I know it's not like the OG collectible, but it, in some ways it kind of is. Like, you, yeah. we had the secret seashells in Link's Awakening, but this one to me feels like the first really, like, collectible that you do throughout the game, that you, you know, come back and get rewarded several times over throughout the game. Um, but I will say, I think it's been outdone by mm-hmm. some of the others that are on this list. So I think I'm going to give it. An A minus. How about that? Because I okay. do think that we owe it a little bit of respect, but and I do think that the like the rewards are awesome, and it, but it really tapers off after you give a, or fifty skull tools. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then after that, it's like you don't get another reward until you have all ninety nine, and your reward is so lame. It's so lame. It's like I think it, what is it like five hundred rupees or something like that? Two hundred. It's a golden. Yeah. It's like. It's it's the most anticlimactic reward that you could possibly mm-hmm. think of, especially because at this point your wallet is has been full at five hundred for absolutely forever in this game. Yeah, there is nothing that you need to spend rupees on in Ocarina of Time after you've done like the Forest Temple, so yeah. that holds it back. But the storyline reason for it is cool, um, and I guess these are also collectible Majora's Mask. We can kind of lump them together. Um, mm. So yeah, so the storyline reason for them is cool. Um, the, you know, it, it encourages you to go and, and explore the world. And in some cases, like, re-explore dungeons. Like, you go back into the Great Deku Tree with your bombs after you do that. And you can find some mm-hmm. skull tools there. So, like, there is lots of, of different uh, advantages to this. And, and it does have a nice visual, or not a visual, a uh, an audio cue, rather. Where you can hear them kind of, like, doing, like, as you know, so you can go and find them. Um so I, I think that if it had a better ending reward, I could uh, I could give it a higher grade, but it doesn't, which is too bad. But you do get some cool stuff before that. You get a couple wallets. I th- do you get a heart piece? I can't remember off the top of my head. Yeah. Yep. Um, and I think you get some rupees too. Along. What are the rewards? Do you have them? Yeah. So you get the adult wallet, uh, shard of agony or stone of agony, depending on what version you play, giant's wallet, bomb choose, which is like a weird reward, yeah. and piece of heart. 
What the heck is the Shard of Agony again? Is that the thing that uh, makes noise when you're by a secret or something? Yeah, it like it like vibrates when you're um, by like a grotto, maybe right, something right, like right. that. Um, but yeah, so the rewards like definitely taper off, and I think this is like I think this is a common theme from our last two collectathons here. Um, there, it, it feels like there's a purpose to them about halfway through, and then after that, there's really no purpose. <laughs> yes. Um, I, I, well, so, I have something to add to that, but I'll wait till we get to the next one. Okay. So, I, I I also think that this feels like the OG collectathon because, like, as we were saying with the secret seashells, that was I feel like that was Nintendo kind of testing out, like, let's start like having a little extra in these games for them to collect. Yeah. And then they gave it a little bit more agency with the gold school tellers. I think it's cool because they're in dungeons, they're in overworlds, they're in um, all these different places. You can you have the audio indicator, which I love about collectibles. I think that's really important. Mm-hmm. Um, their rewards up to fifty are fine, except the bomb shoes is like weird. That's an um, odd one. It is weird, like because you could just buy those, um, and you barely use them, in my opinion, throughout the game. So I don't know. I think that's really odd. Um, and then the, I think the cool part is when you go back to the house, you see like the individual weird morphed Gultulas being turned back into men. I think that part's kind of cool. And like, (laughs) it's like, it's kind of like a neat little added feature. It gives you a little agency to save this, this, this family. Um, but overall, like it's, it's good and I respect it, but I'm not going to give it more than a B plus. That's fair. I actually, um. I don't know that I would have put it separate, but I do want to give a shout out to Majora's Mask really quickly because I actually kind of dig the way that they do their Golden Skulltula thing, which mm-hmm. is like the, you're stuck in a house and like you have to kind of use like all of your, you know, all of your tools to to get them all and like do some really creative things like pour bugs into holes and stuff like yeah. that. It's, it's pretty cool, actually. I I might say I even prefer that because it's a little bit more like, I don't know, focused, I guess is maybe mm-hmm. is the word. But I guess like... I- you also have all those other collectibles to to do in, in Majora's Mask as well. So if you had another overarching thing, it might have been a little bit much. Yeah, I didn't really consider it a collectathon because it doesn't have that. Like, obviously, we've made a criteria yeah. of it goes through the overarching game, right? Yeah. This felt those felt more isolated to me and more like a side quest. Like the, yeah, you, you're totally right. They yeah. are. Yeah. So, I mean, I like the way they utilized them because they were utilizing the same engine from Ocarina of Time. And I thought that was a cool addition to Majora's Mask. Like, I also enjoy it, but I didn't feel like it was a huge collection. Okay. One left. All right. Possibly the most famous collectible in the series. That is Koroks. (laughs) I I have a grade in my mind, but I could be convinced of another grade, depending on what you say. I am going to give this an A. Okay. Because I think that Breath of the Wild is such a radically different game than mm-hmm. all of the other collect or all the other games in the series. And like I think the collectibles in this game serve a different purpose, which mm-hmm. is to encourage players to explore. And I know that that's kind of the the purpose of like the other collectibles in the games, but like they're again there's exploring Breath of the Wild, and then there's exploring an Ocarina of Time. Like, th- those two things are not equal. So mm-hmm. I think that without the Koroks in this game, and I, it may be the Shrines, but I think the Koroks especially, like, you might not ever see, like, the northwest portion of Hebra, right? Like, you might never go there. And mm-hmm. you might never go there anyways, because as you say, you only need about 400 to max out your complete rewards. 
And I, and I actually think that's yeah. okay. Whatever. I think that's a good idea. I think that if it would have been absolutely insane to like have like you a player required to get all of the nine hundred Korok seeds in order to you know max out your rewards. That's asking a lot, but it is it is there for players that want to continue to explore and continue to you know like find new little bits of of high rule to go and venture to. So. I really like this collectible, not for the reward, but more so for what it secretly is, which is just a mm-hmm. way to get more time exploring the world of Breath of the Wild. One thing that holds it back for me is that, uh, and this was fixed actually, but I think that it should have been included in the base game, is there should have been something to like tell you that you are by a Korok. And... Yeah. Um, they did they did include the Korok mask in the DLC mm-hmm. and that basically is what it does it, it kind of dingles when you're by a Korok seed but I, that should have been included in the base game like for sure um so that holds back a little bit for me obviously the golden piece of poop is a uh, spectacular like that's just actually like the most outrageous thing maybe in <laughs> Zelda like yeah it's just like so insane um that I kind of dig it I kind of respect it um so I think yeah, I, I mean, I think that, like, it's a different kind of collectible that's trying to serve a different purpose, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, we've kind of weighed what we're talking about on, like, rewards and, and and all that kind of stuff, where I think that this one is really just saying, like, this game is about the journey, not the destination. Go and find, like, do something that, that gives purpose to just randomly wandering around. Yeah. So I think if you look at it like that, it's an A. Yeah. And that, I mean, I've always been the biggest defender of the Korok hunting because of that reason, because of exploring Hyrule. Um, I have done, I have completed all 900 Koroks a few times now. I've lost count, really, to be honest. I've done it at least three times. Oh. And, it, and which just sounds ridiculous. But when you consider the fact that you are exploring every nook and cranny of Hyrule that many, like three times in a row, well, I shouldn't say in a row, over the last six years... Like, there's so much that I have discovered on each and every playthrough, uh, 100% playthrough, I should say, of this game. Um, another portion of that exploration collectathon that isn't talked about a lot, I didn't include it, but is the locations. You actually discover locations, too. And if you don't discover all the locations, you don't get that 100% marker on your map. Um, so, yeah, I think that the purpose isn't for the rewards, although... Maxing out your inventory is massively, like, helpful. Useful, yeah. It's It's so useful. And the fact that you only need half is great. But I do feel like the second half of the Koroks feels extremely, like, just... Like, yeah. even though I'm exploring, it's not as rewarding as the first 459 Koroks. So I wish there was, like, milestones still. They could be larger milestones, and I'd be okay with that. That still kind of gave you something, because then it would kind of, like, encourage you to keep going. Because not a lot of people want to sit there and grind Korok seeds. I like the grinding of the aspect of these games. But What about, what about this? What if, hear me out. What if you got that golden piece of poop at the end and you could display it in your house, right? So, like, you could say, yeah. like, I did this. Here's my proof. Here's a, here's something that almost no other players have, this big golden turd that's over my mantle <laughs> in my fireplace. That is probably the worst place, actually, for it now that I say it. But, you know what I mean? Like, you could, you could display something in your house or, like, whatever. Like, I guess you can open up your inventory and be like, hey, there's my poop. But, yeah. like... 
I don't know, something something kind of cool, like a... Something cool, yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know, figurines or, like, pictures, because pictures are a big deal in this game. You know, if, if Hestu was like, hey, here's a picture of the Great Deku Tree, put it in your house, that would have been cool. Yeah. You know, that, just an cool. extra little bonus, because it's literally 441, I don't know, I can't do math, Koroks that get you poop. That's, like, that's really what it comes down to, and that's Golden a lot. Poop, that's Al. a lot. It's a lot. So... I love exploring Hyrule. I love collecting these Koroks, but it does get exhausting. So I'm going to say A- minus just because of the second half of the Korok collecting. That's that's it. But it, it does serve a different purpose, and I really appreciate that purpose. Please, yeah. Nintendo, don't do it again. <laughs> well, I think they'll be back. I think they'll be back for sure. Well, because, like, Tears of the Kingdom, is it's the same thing. Like, they want to encourage you to explore the world. Maybe it won't be, like... Koroks specifically, but there will be something that is basically going to be Koroks. I yeah. am very confident of this. In <laughs> fact, didn't we already see a Korok in the trailer for Tears of the Kingdom? Or am I, I don't imagining? Remember am I seeing hallucinating? A Korok. I don't remember seeing a Korok. All right. We I should also give a cried. shout out to uh, Heart Containers, which are really that is the yep. OG collectible, but those are so yep. like vastly different in every single game that it's hard to include on a list like this. Um, yeah. But yeah. We see you, heart containers. All right, I'm gonna <coughs> excuse me. I'm gonna quickly run through this list here, Al. So we got secret seashells. We got a B minus and a C plus. Golden skull tulas. We got A minus, B plus. Big pose from Ocarina of Time. B minus and C plus. Masks from Majora's Mask. A plus, A plus. Stray fairies. We got two Bs. Figurines. We got a D and an A. That was our biggest uh, differentiator. Yeah. yeah. Kinstones. We got a B minus and an N A. Poe Souls from Twilight Princess, we got two Bs. Golden Bugs, we got two Bs. Stamps from Twilight Princess, we got an F and a D. I don't know how in the world that's not two Fs, but I digress. <laughs> Ship Parts from Phantom Hourglass, we got two Fs. Stamps from Spirit Tracks, we got an NA and a D. Rabbits, we got a D plus and a D. Train Parts, we got an NA and a D. Gratitude Crystals, we got an A and a B plus. Uh, My Mize, we got an A plus and an A. Outfits from Twilight... Ugh, let me try that again in the English language. Outfits <laughs> from Triforce Heroes. We've got the first ever F plus and a D. Uh, <laughs> we've got an A and an A minus for Korok Seeds and two Cs for the Hyrule Compendium. Tell us what you think, dear listeners. Are we? Yeah, this will be fun. Are we off the mark? I don't think so. I don't think. I, don't... I think this is pretty accurate, except for figurines. That one wasn't I, very I... accurate on your part, Al. Yeah. Well. This is fine, but like I think the I think the the lesson learned from this episode is that Zelda definitely has a thing for collectathons. Yes, and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. So I'm eager to see what they do in Tear, Tears of the Kingdom. I really hope it's not at the extent of Koroks, but I I love the collectathons in these games, and that's why I was so excited to talk about it. So I am excited to see what they have in Tears of the Kingdom. No doubt about that. Pretty sure Koroks will be back, but we'll see. <laughs> eventually someday maybe hopefully i don't know <laughs> hopefully there's another trailer soon so we could stop dying over here on the zelda cast uh yeah that trying would be nice. to come up with episode yeah. ideas <laughs> um but yeah if i were to grade this episode out i'd give it an a plus by god we did a we did a heck of a show it was good to, to chat with you pulled it um, out of nowhere yeah that's right that's right <laughs> Uh, okay, everybody, we're going to get out of here, but we do have a couple things we want to plug. First and foremost, follow us on TikTok. 
we are uh, we're we're doing the TikTok thing, so make sure that you head over there. Check out Zelda Dungeon's YouTube page as well for uh, clips of the Zelda cast, and of course, follow us over on Twitter at the Zelda cast at Spiteri three sixteen at Allison Aletha, and uh, check us out wherever you get your podcasts: Apple, Spotify, Google, Podbean, wherever. Like, subscribe, recommend us to that Zelda fan in your life. That would be amazing. Leave us that sweet, sweet five star review, and. Uh, We're out of here. We'll see you next week, guys. Take care. Bye.